Teachers Talk film. Uh, I can't remember what I used to say to uh, introduce the podcast, so I just want to be honest with that right now. I want to say welcome back, and I want to say that I'm here with my good friend, Mitchell Main. We're here to talk movies. Um, what, what's what's good in the world? Mm, I'm drinking water. We're talking movies. We watched a movie about movies. Movies, man. I love them. Um I watched a really good movie last weekend, actually, that kind of slipped under my radar a little bit, I must say. Uh, you told me to watch it, and so, you know, I I take your advice. Um, the Banshees of Inishirin, mm-hmm. I believe I'm saying that correctly. I believe so. Absolutely fantastic movie. Okay. I agree. Fantastic. Um, it starts out incredibly slow. The first half hour, I'm thinking, okay, well, like, what's what's so great about this? Um, I mean, the acting was great all throughout. Colin Farrell kills it. Um, but then once Colm, his name, I believe, Colm, um, once, I won't spoil too much, but. Colm Sonny Larry, you got to call him Colm Sonny Larry. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then he start, he gives the ultimatum um, with something with his fingers like, um and they always end their sentences with like, and I like that, like. And um, they, they call uh, Colin Farrell's guy, Paul Rick. Yeah, I couldn't, under- I feel like they were saying a different name every time. Well, I'm like, I, I watch it with the subtitles and they spell it P, P-A-D or P-O-D-R-A-I-C and they just go, Paul Rick. Oh. <laughs> they got rocks in their mouths. Yeah, I watched it on the bus ride home from Copper Mountain um, with a bunch of high school kids playing flappy golf behind me. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of distracted with, I should have put the subtitles on. That would have been smart. I don't know what I was thinking, um, but it was great, man. I think that storytelling was excellent because I mean, we could spend a whole episode on this movie, but I feel, I feel bad for Paul, whatever his name is. <laughs> um, I feel bad for him the most, but at the end of the day, he does the most criminal activity. Um, like he's the most quote unquote criminal, um, excluding self inflicting injuries, of course. Um, but then I also feel bad for Colm too, the other guy. Um, I mean, I think he goes about his message in the wrong way. I can relate to a lot of what he's saying. I was talking to my brother about it a little bit and we both can kind of like, relate to what he's saying. Like he doesn't want to have just meaningless conversation. Um, but man, he's going about it the wrong way. <laughs> I think that's what I liked about it too. So much is like, it is, it is tough. Cause it's all about like how you want to live your life. Um, and it's like, you kind of see Combs way of dealing with it, which is like, I, I kind of want to be remembered for something and don't just want to like, yeah, I have these meaningless conversations for the rest of my life. But then you also see uh, Paul Ricks, um <laughs> his viewpoint where it's just like, I, I just want to hang out and talk and be friends. Uh, and then I think, uh, I can't remember her name in the, oh, it's, is it Siobhan in the? Yeah, that that's her? right. Yeah. I thought it was interesting when she, like she leaves because she realizes that she needs to go like be a librarian. Like that's what she needs to do. 
So I, I just thought it was cool. You get like three different perspectives on how should we live our lives. And it almost seems like there were a lot of movies about that this year. Yeah. On that note, um, not to veer away, but did you hear they made a movie um, remaking loosely um, Akira Kurosawa's Akiru? No, I did not hear this. Yeah. Um, it's called Living. Um, it's, I, I, I read an NPR article about it. Um, it's a British film. Living is a 2022 British film drama film directed by Oliver Hermanis from a screenplay by Kazu Ishiguro adopted from the 1952 Japanese film Akiru directed by Akira Kurosawa. Hmm. What yeah, are, and are there like, uh, reviews about it? Are people saying it's um, good? Rotten Tomatoes says it's fire. Okay. Um, I don't I don't know where I can watch it. And, you know, I kind of feel like a darn fool because I haven't seen it yet. And it's been out for, I think, two months now. I think um, th- those are like my favorite type of remakes is when you take something like they didn't they didn't make this movie to make millions of dollars. They just watched Akiru, I'm guessing. They're like, hey, I like this story. Let's uh, put it in another context. Right. Yeah, so it's in British context. Yeah, in Japan. Um, so, yeah, that's cool. That's that's another movie about how you live your life. Yeah, that's yeah, that's where I was going. Um, came out December 23rd, 2022. All right. And so it's not like, obviously, it's not in our podunk town where we live. Um but it was in theaters, and I don't know if it's going to come to our town. That would be sweet, and you know I would be the first one to cop a ticket. Um, yeah. Keep that in your back pocket for later, because we might be going to see Living. Yeah, I feel like we might need to uh, talk about it on the podcast if, yes. if, it's, if it's available at some point. little compare and contrast action. Use some English yeah. terms, right? Oh, yeah. I like it. I like it. Have you watched anything good as of late? Um, Let me think what I watched. I watched, um, I believe I talked about Indiana Jones on the last uh, pod and how awesome Steel, Steven Spielberg is. Yeah, you're like um, 2000 and late to that, but that's, that's yeah. all good. <laughs> well, and I've still only seen the first one. So I watched the second one, The Temple of Doom. Uh, it's fantastic. Do you remember it? Um, no. It's the Kali Ma one. He's Kali Ma. But it's like, it's a PG rated movie. And I was looking it up because I was like, how is this rated PG? That was the movie that created PG-13. Well, then I looked it up and it said that Gremlins created it. Um, but I, I think that this definitely also led to it. Because it's like, I, it is, it is shocking like i couldn't imagine that you could have taken your i don't know seven-year-old not expecting it to be like all that bad look kind of like the first one but then it, it was so dark there's they're like sucking the hearts out of people and there's like child slaves and i was like okay i'm fine with it but that's pretty intense i'm pretty sure there's a decapitation scene too if i'm not mistaken um Nonetheless, it's gory, and I think it was, I I haven't heard the Gremlins 
theory that might, that's interesting. I might have to look into that, but I definitely know that like Indiana Jones was a contributing factor for um, the MPA to basically be like, yo, <laughs> we can't yeah. have seven year olds watching this at least yeah. under our belt. Well, and then I, I was just reading about it because I kind of got interested and it said that George Lucas and Steven Spielberg, they, didn't expect it to be as dark as it was, but when they started making the movie, they were both going through breakups. So like <laughs> they were just in bad states of mind and they were like, okay, let, let's make a really scary movie. So uh, that's just like my favorite piece of extra <laughs> info ever that man, our wives or girlfriends, I don't know, just broke up with us. So we got to make this kid's movie dark. <laughs> Change the landscape of cinema forever. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, the, awesome. the only other one I watched was Vengeance. It's a I'm, it's a 2022 release. It's got the guy from The Office in it, BJ Novak. Oh, the podcast movie. Yes, looks whack. Okay, I thought the same thing, and then I watched it. I what did I give it? I gave it something in the 80s. I gave it an 82. It was it was really good. It was like surprising. I think it was an only an hour and a half long and I had nothing to do. So I was like, okay, I'll watch this. And I, it was really good. Did you pay for video on demand for that? Or No, no. It's on uh, Amazon Prime if you'd like to check it out. Okay. Maybe I'll check it out. Looks as terrible. You, as you said to start this podcast, you, you, you follow my uh, advice. And look I, at what steered you to the Banshees of Inisherin. You're one for one in 2023. So... We'll see if you keep a good free throw percentage. Let's see. Did you hear the best part that it's only an hour and a half? That's that's that new... is the best part. Yes. Yes. We like hour and a half movies. Um, yes. The one we were talking about today was three hours, but um, yeah, yeah, it was. You, yeah, you it like was. to pick three hour movies for the for the pod. Yeah, no more. Well, you no more. I promise. At least till May. Yeah, we got we got some things going on. We just also got um, the Academy Awards nominations. Uh, I haven't really looked at it until just now, if I'm being honest. Any snubs? Any um, like if you were a betting man, you would bet on a certain person or film. Well, what or... are your What are your thoughts in general just about the Oscars? Like, do you tune in every year? Are you a fan? Are you uh? uh... I know we've had this conversation. You love them. Love them. You love them. We, we had this with the, uh, I think, the Will Smith fiasco last year. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about it. But I I haven't really been into them too much. Um, but, you know, having the pod, uh, you know, having this massive responsibility on my shoulders of delivering this content. Inform um, the people. Yeah, we got to inform the people, but we got to inform ourselves first. And so I'm going to watch them this year. Um, you know, there's not one that I'm like dying on a hill for, um, except for um, everything everywhere, noms, and all the characters associated with that film. Um, so you just yeah. like a, a clean sweep for everything everywhere? Just win everything? That would be rad. And I, deserving. So, yes. I agree. And I don't, I, I feel like I'm not a, I'm not huge on like Oscars history or anything, but I feel like 
movies like Everything Everywhere don't really get nominated. It's usually movies like the one we're talking about today, where it's about Hollywood or The Fablemans, where it's about movies. So just to see how many nominations it got that they like. And, and here's the thing. Did the awards really matter? No, not at all. Watching the movies matter. But I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's just that holding that trophy up on the stage that it has, it means a little bit, I feel like. Yeah, it's like uh, winning the, the Kids' Choice Awards, Nickelodeon. Yeah, the blimp. Come on. Yeah, come I on. Like a blimp. Um, side note, did you see when Baker Mayfield won like the um the MVP on Thanksgiving or Christmas for like the Nickelodeon's most valuable player and he won the award and like these kids are interviewing him about the award and like you can tell he just does not care whatsoever about that award. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, because they get the blimp, it's sweet. And I also know that uh, in years past, they used to, they kind of messed up the voting so you could vote for anybody. And they would, there were, there were these guys that uh, purposely voted for the losing team. So they would lose the game and then they would have to go do that interview that you're talking about after losing the game and getting this dumb blimp trophy. Yeah. It's got to be kind of insulting at that point. Yeah. Um, but the Academy Awards, the Oscars, that's a, that's a different tier of, um, distinguishment, we could say. Yeah. I do want to so, see some um, All Quiet on the Western Front love, though, and I still need to finish that movie. Yeah, I I feel like I didn't give it a high score. I thought it looked awesome, but I don't know. I didn't think it was all, I didn't think it was anything amazing. It was definitely hardcore, which was, which was cool. Yeah, we're, we're um, reading the first two chapters in modern literature right now. Oh, and I yeah. keep telling them there's a Netflix version of it, but I like my job and I don't want to lose it. And so I can't show it. <laughs> I was talking about uh, in mythology, we talk about archetypes and like characters that get repeated over and over again. Uh -huh. um, and I was talking about like one of the, one of the archetypes is cops being dumb. So like if you think of like Paul Blart Mall Cop or. There's a bunch of movies, and I just didn't think about it. And I was like, have any of you guys seen Superbad? And <laughs> yes. And nobody raised their hand, and I was like, oh, that stinks. And then I was like, uh, I, I probably shouldn't say that. Like, maybe wait a couple years to go see that. Um, or, or go see it now, but don't tell anybody that I told you to go see it. Um, so I, I feel what you're saying. It, it's kind of nice sometimes to be like, you should go watch this. I can't show it to you, but it'd be sweet if you would check it out you know how in semi-pro um jackie moon he has the mantra everybody love everybody ele yeah ele baby and so every year like on the second day or something i put everybody love everybody on the slide and like i tell them where i got it from and then like i give a whole like summary of semi-pro um yeah. and then i always say it's rated R. It's incredibly raunchy. I do not condone any of the actions or words expressed in the film. <laughs> yep. Well, that's hilarious because literally today we're doing this thing about satire. Uh, and I I just created an assignment where I was like, go go find a piece of satire out in the world, a real piece. And they got to do like some analysis of it. And this one kid, he couldn't find anything. And he loves basketball. So I just, I just said, have you ever seen Semi-Pro? 
And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, and he was like, oh yeah, that's satire. But it was like, <laughs> if he would have said no, it would have been like, okay, I never said that. Don't, don't even think about it. Don't, I'll go look it up. But <laughs> you've seen semi pro? No. Yeah. Me neither. <laughs> Just walk yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. What's that? No, no idea. But I don't know what everybody love everybody means, but yeah, we were talking about the scene where the guy gets traded for a washing machine and yeah. how absurd that is. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, yeah, I know we really needed, uh, I can't remember his name. Um, and I know Philly really needed a washing machine and I know we need ours, but <laughs> the, the final scene of that movie where they do the alley-oop and nobody, just nobody knows what to make of it. And they're just so stunned. It's, I, I love that. It's so funny. Foul. No, two fouls. <laughs> People can't be flying in the air like that, Jackie. <laughs> Oh man. Um, well, I, I mean, as far as Oscars, um, we got a couple categories we could talk about. Um, actor in a leading role. Did you see Elvis ever? I did. Yep. He did yeah. a good job. Austin he Butler. Did. He did. He did really good. Oh, look at the look, bro. Living actor in a leading role. Bill Nye. Oh, how about that? How about that? Okay. That's easily going to uh, the Fraser man, though, right? Yeah, I think there's no contest. And then I think Colin Farrell may be a, a second there. Yeah. I yeah, that'd be cool. Would. Okay, I will say, you said, like, if I had to pick one. Actor in a supporting role. Um. Judd Hirsch, he's not going to win, I don't think. He's in the Fablemans for like five minutes. It's the best five minutes of the entire movie. He just steals the entire thing, and then he's gone. But it's like the most memorable part of the movie. It is It is so good. He plays this guy. He plays Steven Spielberg's like crazy uncle. Um, and he just comes in, and he just steals it. It is so cool. Do you think they have to consider screen time when they make these votes no because i know um it's always talked about i think it's like anthony hopkins won for like best supporting actor for silence of the lambs and he was on the screen for uh, like six or seven minutes total we did such Hmm. a good job in those seven minutes that they gave it to him so no i think you could be on there for two minutes but if you crush it completely you're they give it to you yeah as they should right quality over quantity uh, I still need to see the Fablemans too. I'm I'm slacking. I need to watch that on demand. Yeah. If if I had to bet my house on one, I bet that Kate Blanchett wins actress in a leading role. But it would be way cool if Michelle Yeoh won it for everything everywhere because she crushed it too. Yeah, I could see that one going either way. Um, yeah. Do you think Tar like that's hasn't been out as long? Do you think that hinders it? No, I think it's almost the opposite. Like I remember when everything everywhere came out, people were like, this came out way too early for it to be considered for any Oscars. But then mm. the buzz, the buzz was kept. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That, that will be interesting. Um, animated feature oh. film. Can we, can we talk about, um, did we talk about Puss in Boots last time? I don't think we did, but I think I need to, uh, 
I need to like take back some words I said. I believe on the first episode of this podcast, I made a Puss in Boots joke. You did. That was like, how can they be making another Puss in Boots? You did. I remember it vividly. Um, I've talked to multiple people about this movie. I guess it's like fantastic. Dude, I've talked to coworkers. I've talked Students. to little kids, yep. like near toddler age. I've talked to like quote unquote popular, too cool for school high school students. Yeah. They're all saying it's one of the best movies they've ever seen. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, I was just talking to a girl today because uh, I was talking about it and she was like, yeah, I went and saw it uh, with my brother and I had her brother in my class and like, he's kind of what you describe. Like, he's a pretty cool dude. And they went and she was like, I was like, yeah, I need to go see it. And she was like, yeah, I'd go see it again. Like right now. Like, so I don't know what they did, but I feel like I need to go see it now. And I, I've been humbled by making that joke. So, so many <laughs> episodes ago. I love it. I think Shelby and I, we might try to see it this weekend. All right. I'll third wheel. I'll sit in between yeah, you two guys. You, you, want a, you want a third wheel, bro? I'll hold the popcorn. Maybe try the new Culver's beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Puss in Boots, uh, The Last Wish. Yeah. Shout out Puss in Boots, man. All right. That'll um, be our uh, next episode. Puss in Boots. Yeah, Puss in Boots. Um, <laughs> we'll see about that. Maybe that can be a little, a little spill. I get to pick right. the next episode. Okay, I was just about to put in the chat to you, like, hey, we didn't talk about this. What what's our what are we doing next time? But okay. Yeah, and I have no idea. I'll just say it right now. I have no idea. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Once, All right. once I know, you'll know. The nation will know. But as of yeah. now, TBD baby. Okay. Um we'll, um, we'll get some boots talking though, for sure. Let's let's yeah, I I agree. I like that. Let's shift from uh Puss in Boots to the movie we're gonna discuss today. <laughs> that's quite that's quite the shift. Well, I could have I could have I could have I could have made an inappropriate joke about Puss in Boots. If, I I know where you you nasty. I d I didn't though. I didn't. I said I could and I did not. We we get the subtext. We get Thank it. you. Thank you. All right, so Puss in Boots. I mean, I mean Babylon. Um, <laughs> Basically the same thing. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Okay, uh, Babylon. Uh, a tale of outsized ambition and outrageous excess. Tracing the rise and fall of multiple characters during an era of unbridled decadence and depravity in early Hollywood. Mm. This is a 2022 release. Damien Chazelle, known for mm. La La Land, Whiplash, which we discussed <laughs> on this pod. Um, go. You're up. We opened this episode talking about how we love movies, man. Um, and this movie about movies makes me love movies even more. Um, yes. What a ride. What a ride. Lengthy? Yes, but what a ride, man. It has corkscrews, it has flips, it has slow moments, it has pauses, it has moments where it speeds you up to 200 miles an hour, flips you on your head, and brings you back down again, man. This is a, this is, this is a movie. This is, this is an epic. I'm going to take all those words that you just said, I'm going to shorten it down to one. 
this was a romp. And romp. and th that's what I put on my letterbox review. Just one word, romp. Um, by the way, if you want to follow me on letterbox, slip repeat, trying to get the numbers up to, to match um, the Steve's machines. I'm looking low. All right. What so are you at right now? I don't know. I don't even know, but not enough. Like maybe six or seven. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not too scared to admit how I got some followers. I did. I cheated a little bit. I was wondering, I was like, how, what, how, what has he done? What has he done to do this? Just followed people and then immediately unfollowed them. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I did. Um, That's cool. and like That's two or cool. three stick. Yeah. So it is what it is, man. Just trying to get out there. You got to get out there, yeah. uh, which is a big theme of this movie is you got to get out there. Um, now that was a transition. Mm, Thank great. you very kudos, much. Kudos. Points. Um, how about the opening scene? Well, we kind of have two opening scenes. We have the the little like prologue almost with the elephant, which mm -hmm. is just hilarious. Oh, absolutely. And and I feel like I don't I don't know if that actually happened, but I feel like it probably could have happened with how crazy old Hollywood was. Mm -hmm. Um and then we get the true how crazy old Hollywood was with the party scene and oh my goodness, it is insane. The wonder where it's like they come down the stairs and around the entire party and you're just seeing everything. The camera never cuts. And it's just like oh, so man. over the top. Even the, even the filmmaking is over the top to not cut and do that. But it, it's, it is insane. It's an insane 20 minutes that you're just like, Oh my goodness. This is how the movie is starting. What are we in for? It's such a stark contrast too, because like the opening scene with the elephant and the, uh, overweight driver it's like like very desolate landscape and like it's just like the two guys and like you know just white noise basically in the background and kind of depressing honestly um and then you get into this party scene and it's just the total opposite it's it's the ride you're starting the ride you start at zero but then in a moment's notice you're at 500 miles an hour it feels like they just said, hey, Damien Chazelle, do whatever you want. Shoot whatever you want. We'll, we'll fund you 100%. And they just kind of let him cook, basically. That, oh, that party scene, um, which would have been incredibly awkward to see with my mom had I seen it when I was like 14. Because my mom and I went to this movie. Um, oh, yeah. Just a 20 minute long, just extravaganza, like partying to, like you said, excess romp. It's just absolutely ludicrous. Um, almost too much for your eye to take in on one viewing. I need to run this back so I can like, I'm sure I missed so much. And I'm going to say stuff today that I remembered, but it's been a few weeks. I know there's so much more that can be said. Um, because there's so much there, visually and storyline wise, it's crazy. It's yeah. crazy. So let's let's break this up into thirds. Because for me, that's kind of how it. I mean, I guess that's how every movie is set up in three acts. But we we kind of have the beginning where we meet Manny and we meet Nelly and we meet Jack Conrad, and they're all kind of like at different places. By the way, Brad Pitt. I mean. He's, 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 he's so freaking cool. 
<laughs> no matter what you play him in, I think he, like he might have my favorite performance in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Just right. like the coolest dude ever. Um, but Undead somehow he's cooler in this one. He's even, yeah. even cooler. Just um, him in shade smoking a cigarette. And the, it was so funny at the beginning when he keeps speaking in Italian and his wife is like, quit speaking in Italian. And he just won't stop. Like, he's just like, I, I don't care. I'm, I'm speaking Italian because I just went to Italy and this is who I am now. But yeah, just showing up in the sunglasses and, and just to the party, like, this is this is my Wednesday night. You guys are, <laughs> this is this is old news to me. But yeah, we, we've got Brad Pitt. He's a, he's on the top of the chain, and then we've got Manny and Nelly who are kind of at the bottom. The first third of this movie, I loved. It was if if it would have stopped after the first third, it might have been a hundred out of a hundred for me. Like it was just so perfect. I loved the the scene where they go out into the desert, and you kind of see how it. I don't know if that's how it actually used to be, but where they're just all in these different sets filming um, and you just, you see the process of how it got made. Like, I just love thinking about old Hollywood and seeing that was, it was just so cool. Just like getting the perfect lighting and like the chaos of running to get a camera and getting like the last bit of sunlight for the perfect shot that I remember that was very intense and it drags on so long. Like we see Manny sitting there forever and like, I'm like thinking to myself, you're going to miss the sunlight, bro. Like get it. And <laughs> just, yeah. And then everybody's just sitting in the field waiting. I mean, just a, such a weird thing, like kind of trivial to think about now. Cause like we have all these effects, which maybe isn't a good thing. Um, just bizarre. I loved all the like the behind the scenes filmmaking stuff we get with this movie. Yeah, I the that last little part with the light and the Brad Pitt is just like completely drunk, but you just know deep down he's <laughs> going to pull it all together. And the the light happens, the kiss happens, it's perfect, and everybody cheers and goes insane. And it's like there there probably were moments like that. Um, like on old film sets and you see at the same time, like the power that they have, like people are about to cry because it's just so, so amazing. Yeah. It's, I, I just love that first third. It was awesome. This is a baller move too, by uh, Jack Conrad in that moment. He's like stumbling and he's like, all right, we're going to get started in three, two, one. And then once that starts rolling, he's just sober, sober as a goose, just ready to go. And he kills it. That was great. There's that whole there's that whole bit too where he's trying to make it up the hill and the sun's going down and he like they're like pushing him up the hill and he can hardly <laughs> make it. But then yeah, the camera turns on and he's like holding in his vomit and he does the kiss and it's just beautiful. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. Where you said you liked the first third and you wish it would have like ended in that. Where where would you have wanted it to end? What ending would have fit your desire? I'm trying. I'm trying to remember when it when it shifts to like the the second third, because they. Would you say it's like when they start doing the talkies, the movies with sound? Yeah, I guess so. I guess it is when we we have that scene, which is an awesome scene when they're That's in my the sound scene booth. In the whole movie, dude. What's that? That's my favorite scene in the whole movie when she's. Was well, um, that your favorite? 
maybe we're talking about the same one the nelly Leroy scene where she's um like a college student and she's going to her yeah. dorm yeah yeah dude i love that scene because <laughs> again it shows you just how like how far we've developed with filmmaking and like with sound like somebody sniffs too loudly the guy just gets so ticked and that one guy's basically just sitting in the sauna of the sound booth and like nobody cares like get back in the booth if i hear one more person sneeze one more time and then obviously some f-bombs in there it's just so intense and i'm like sitting there i'm like don't sneeze don't sneeze like just so much drama in that and Every time Nellie Leroy, like you can tell like how she's getting more and more flustered and then she ultimately kills it at the end and then it's all saved. Um, but there is a casualty. Poor guy in the sound booth. Done for. Yeah. That was a great scene though. I love that scene. It's so uh, yeah. long and drawn. It was on. awesome. And um, the like, it, it's almost like the advancement of technology is almost a bad thing, uh, which you kind of just said it before, like art is all this CGI great now. Um, yes and no. Uh, and, and that, that scene does a good job showing it. It was kind of nice when these movies were just simple and, um, like people still got things from them and then, yeah, you have to change everything to utilize the technology and things just keep advancing, but they do a really good job showing how tough that must have been for them too to switch from we don't have to care about sound to now we have to do all these different things and it's so much harder to make a movie now. It's so true. Like the moving the simplest form off oftentimes can be the best. Um, student today, we were doing a silent film activity and they watched a trip to the moon and they loved it. And it has watched that yesterday. Yeah. It had no sound. But they loved it. And I was like, huh. It's like there's no real bells and whistles to it. And at this time in Babylon, incredibly belly and whistly. But, I mean, it's almost gotten to the point where, you know, the bells and whistles kind of take over the true acting, so to speak. And that's not what Babylon's about at all. But it's definitely sort of like a byproduct as we're watching it in 2023, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We watched, uh, we watched a trip to the moon yesterday and then we watched, uh, the great train robbery today. (laughs) And while we were watching, I was just thinking like, this is just a great story. Like it's just super, it's just a good, tight, simple story of a train gets robbed and let's see what happens. And I, I have them create their own silent movie. And I told them the same thing. You want it to just, you want a very simple plot. This just make it easy on yourself. And Tell a, tell a simple story and you'll be surprised at what happens. You ever seen Laughing Gas? I have not. Um, it's a Charlie Chaplin short. It's like 12 minutes. He pretends yeah. to be this dentist. And I had to get Arlo. He's going crazy. He pretends to be this dentist and he like just is basically like abusing patients as they walk in and stuff. It's, it's hilarious, um, but it's so simple. Um now it's not for everybody, right? But yeah. it's interesting. Um, I like how this movie touches on so much of the history of Hollywood. I was going to say 
I wish I could show this film in film studies class in our for our first unit, the history and fundamentals of film. I because agree. Because it touches on so much, obviously in a crude way, but it's it just shows the the transition from silent film to talkies and kind of how people sacrificed maybe more than they wanted to in order to be big in that arena. So imagine the engagement if we just showed that scene that we just talked about or not the one before, like the one where they're in the desert, like how you, you no way you could look away during that. Like you just have it. It's just amazing. You'd, you'd have to be glued to the screen. There's so much happening. And you think about like, um, like the underbelly of Hollywood, like the things that are not seen or shown. I think this movie kind of points them out. And there, there are things that I would want to uh, tell my kids too. Um, like I'm sure, you know, like with silent films, like a lot of the actors didn't, make the transition from silent to talkies because it's a whole new style of acting. Like it's less reliance on like body language and like more reliance on using your voice and things like that. And a lot of people felt like kind of snided by not being able to make that transition. And so like you can almost see like Nellie Leroy's character do whatever it takes in order to make that transition. Cause she starts like on the tail end of the silent film. And then she's kind of hitting her peak, right. When the talkie comes in. Um, and so in the process, then she's willing to literally lose all sense of morality. Um, and at that point, Jack Conrad's just like, whatever I've seen it all at this point, like, I know what my fate will be. Nothing's going to phase me kind of thing, but it's just so interesting to see where these different actors, these different personalities were at the time and how the transition of Hollywood films changed their perspectives and actions too. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it makes me think like, are we going through one of those changes now? Like where technology is advancing so much with CGI and with streaming and all that, like how, how much are, our movie's going to change that drastically. Probably not that much with the, not the invention of sound, but with sound coming into movies, like I think, I don't know if anything can shock the system as much as that, but it does seem like today there's just so many, you look at avatar, like we're not even looking at people's faces. Um, like it's just crazy. What, what could happen in the next like 10 years? Yeah. I, they're making more um, 4d movies like movie theaters. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to be the next big thing or maybe kind of like a flop, like what 3d was 3d was popping for like three years maybe. And then it just kind of fell off. Yeah. Um, You mentioned avatar and this is obviously getting into the third part of the film. It's shown on screen avatar. Yes, it is. What thoughts? So the you're talking about the montage at the end, yes? Correct, yes. Okay, before we get to... Have you seen Singing in the Rain? It's been a long time. Dude, I would... I watched it last year. I, I can't recommend it enough. I thought that it was going to be like, you know, old... I think it's a 50s movie, maybe even older. I was like, mm-hmm. this is going to stink. Um, 
It is awesome. And it talks about everything that we just talked about. So like that scene where they're in the sound booth, like that scene is almost stolen directly from singing in the rain. Like there's a whole thing about using microphones and the guy in the booth and they're having to explain to the actress who has this terrible voice. Um, and she was a great silent film actress cause you couldn't hear her speak. Um, <laughs> but then like we just talked about, they new things keep happening and that there's a whole scene about it. Uh, so to see that pop up when Manny goes back to the, the theater and he's watching singing in the rain and he's like, realizes that they're making fun of all of his friends and he's like crying. That was holy cow. That was crazy. Um, and then to follow that up with the montage is insane. And like, like we talked about in the beginning, the montage is just too much to take in. It's insane. It's just throwing stuff at you. And then yeah, avatars on the screen, all of a sudden you're just like, what the heck is going on? And I, when it flashes back to Manny and then he smiles again, I I loved it. I've I've seen a lot of stuff that people hated the montage, but I I thought it was awesome. I thought it was a great way to wrap it up. One of my favorite parts, other than that scene I mentioned, um, I loved it too. Uh, like, because at that point, Manny basically nearly lost his life for the sake of cinema for the sake of movies um and he was able to make it out luckily which kind of a weird plot loophole like why would they let him go even though um toby's gang boys um shot down everybody else um but they let him go it's kind of like he's reflecting back and he saw where movies were where they were going and he was like yeah I was the pioneer. I was one of the pioneers for this. Everybody loves movies. Movies are an escape. And to have your fingerprint on that's got to be something quite special. And he realized that and then he cries and then the movie ends. I loved it, man. I loved it. Yeah, it is. It's almost like it doubles back on itself because before, like what we just said, that it's showing the like kind of bad parts of the advancements in technology and how tough it made it. But then it seems like he comes to the re realization I, I was part of advancing that. And now like it's going to keep advancing. So it's almost like we really don't need to worry about movies. There are always going to be movies and they're always going, there's always going to be great ones. There's going to be bad ones, but there's going to be great movies forever. And like you said, they're always going to impact people in, in awesome ways. Yeah, man. I loved it. Um, what did we think, and I don't remember how his character plays into it. I mentioned Toby. <laughs> what 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 are we thinking there? I because okay. I don't think like he didn't he obviously didn't look good, like he wasn't supposed to look good, but for not looking good, like they tried to make him look bad, it didn't look good to me. I thought that Toby Maguire his acting fantastic the that entire scene sequence storyline as a whole take it out of the movie get rid of it <laughs> it was so like what why is that in there it is so disgusting and gross and like why why what is the point of that to show that 
Hollywood's disgusting. Like, I feel like you've kind of shown that already. So that was my thought. Like, like I said, I love the first third. The second third, I I liked. The last third, I was like, no, I'm not not liking this part. So yeah, I thought Tobey Maguire did awesome, but the whole that whole storyline, I was like, no, nah, I'm not with this. He's got the creepiest laugh. Um, uh, yeah, his his performance was great. It it was definitely weird. I, my mom, she gave an audible like, oh, like in the theater when it was going on, like when they were in like the cave looking thing. Yeah. Um, it definitely wasn't needed. Again, it kind of goes back to what I was saying. Like they were just like, hey, Damien Chazelle, here you go. You do whatever you want. And then this was like kind of an afterthought maybe yeah it was weird it it was weird and i I feel like this whole thing was all about um like a love letter to movies what does that have to do with movies like that part like everything else in the movie is revolving around film that part is very much not so isn't he just like a drug a kingpin basically I think he owns casinos because that's why Nelly like owes him a ton of money because she right. was gambling. Yeah. So I yeah, he's just a casino. Drugs. Yeah. L- so, yeah of, I don't, I don't know. A lot of immorality happening there. And maybe that's like you said it best. Like we already know that Hollywood has a lot of immorality to it. That's maybe a little bit too much in your face. Um, yeah. What do you know about the Hayes production code? Oh, I love the Hayes code. Right, well, well, tell the viewers, to let, give them a little film lesson. The Hayes code was basically censoring movies that you couldn't show. There's like a list of things that you were not allowed to show. You mm-hmm. weren't allowed to show like um, people being killed. You weren't allowed to show... You weren't allowed to have a guy that like killed somebody like win in the end. He had to die. Um, no Walter White. Show... Yeah, exactly. No anti-heroes. If like a guy was um, doing something illegal in the movie, he had to lose in the end. So I actually just watched a movie from like the 50s um, a couple of days ago. And a guy gets killed in it. And I just knew like we're not going to see it happen. So it's it is kind of interesting to see how directors get or got around like I can't show this guy being killed but I need to show that he dies. Mhm. Or like I want to show this couple be intimate with each other but I'm going to do it in a screwball comedy-esque fashion. Uh, yeah. The reason I bring that up because this this is like taking place like 20s maybe early 30s. Um, I don't think the Hayes production code came about until like 1934, I believe. And then I think it lasted through the 50s. Um, but I was trying to tell my mom, like, I think this movie is kind of like showing. And obviously, I'm a 2023, 20, 28 year old man interpreting it. I think it might be showing like people before the Hayes code were like, Hey, if we don't do something about this, you know, people are going to get the wrong idea with these movies. So we have to, uh, you know, put some guide rails up to make sure that, um, this party lifestyle does not get expressed in film because people are going to start acting a darn fool. Um, 
And that's why I think that came about because of things like this. Like this is like the underbelly that Hollywood was trying to hide. Right. Um, ultimately then directors were able to basically say, Hey, buzz off. We'll make whatever we want, create a new rating system. And they did. Um, but I, I love the history behind this film. And that, again, that goes back to why I would want to tell my kids about it. Like Hayes production code, this might've been a catalyst to them wanting that sort of censorship. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's almost like because they were, because they were censored, they had to go crazy or maybe like you said, the opposite, because they're so crazy. They had to create the censorship. Um, right. But yeah, a um, few last things to mention. The guy who plays Manny, Diego Calva, I thought he crushed it. Never heard of him before. Um, he did awesome. Like to be able to play the guy who starts out brand new, the rookie, and then become like the producer, director. And like, I just thought he did awesome throughout the entire time. And obviously Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie crush it. But I thought he was like the newcomer. and. He did just as well. He like, cause so much of the screen time is given to Brad Pitt and Margot Robbie at the end. Like when I was driving home, I was like this Diego Calva guy, like he, he stole the show. Yeah. Like, and this movie is really about him. I feel like. Oh, totally. I, I think that's why it, why it ends with him. He's like the success story. But he's he also shows how tough Hollywood can be. But then he also shows that people appreciate and love movies no matter what. He got out of the streets, the streets of wood, Hollywood. Yes, he did. He I also that. thought since we're talking about actors and characters, the trumpet guy, Sidney Palmer, the actor's name is uh, Giovanna Depo. I thought he did awesome too. And I don't know if he was actually playing the trumpet, but if he was, that's even more impressive. And I thought it was cool that they showed like, they showed his side of things too. Um, and that, that was like a thing that Hollywood was making was like just musical pieces. Um, and all the setups and that, like those scenes were, I liked those as well. I liked, he did great. Um, I liked the character, but that might be one of my, bigger qualms with the movie because i feel like it's like there are three true storylines the nelly Leroy, jack um and then the manny storyline and then there's this sydney palmer storyline um i'm down with this movie being close to four hours if they're going to develop his storyline more yeah, but I, they could have like they could have stuck with the three, took his out, and had would have been okay. I think one of the more powerful scenes in the movie is where they made him paint his face more black because it looked yeah. better on camera, and like just how humiliated he looked in that moment. I mean, that's a very powerful scene, and like I feel like his character needs more development, and I feel like that's something they that brought it over into the three hour range because they were trying to add his character more, but it also felt loose. Like they didn't develop it enough. So like I'm down for another 40 minutes if you're going to make his character more developed or just take it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I also like his drop the mic 
he drops the keys and he's just like, I ain't going to need these anymore. I'm out of here. See ya. It's almost like uh, we need the the Babylon sequel of what does Sidney Palmer do after he leaves Hollywood? Where does he go? That would be sick. You're the master of generating like spinoffs. Spin-off. I don't I don't know why I just think of these when we start talking about them. Uh, it's just my it's my 2020s brain because we live in the world of spinoffs. So it's just like someone's going to make a spinoff. Might as well be me that gets paid for it. <laughs> you came here, up with Hollywood. the idea, the spinoff of um, the kid from Sandlot. You remember what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah. Does he go into like the Vietnam War or something? He goes a yeah. little crazy. Yeah. You said he was a, a tried and true fan of the Grateful Dead. And he would just <laughs> go touring with them in his Volkswagen bus. And was I can't remember his name. name. I can't remember Dang, either. What's his name in the movie? Shoot. Tall, Tall kid. kid. Jinx yeah. one if he was a nine ten. He's got he brings All right. the yeah. any uh remaining thoughts on, on Babylon for your score? No, I'll give my score. Um very, very long, very, very great. I can see why a lot of people wouldn't like it. It's a very polarizing movie. I think a lot yeah. of that comes in the shock value with a lot of the images, um, especially with the party scenes. Um, you see a lot of uh, body parts that, you know, you don't traditionally see, and you see body parts doing weird things, um, amongst other things. <laughs> I was waiting. <laughs> um <laughs> I rounded this up. Um, I had it at like an 89, but I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I round grades when I see the kids putting in the effort. And so I'm going to round this up to the effort. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're really trying to get your attention here. Um, And so this is a 90. This might be one that I have to buy hard copy. Yeah. And that's not my favorite movie, but I need to buy it and I need to rewatch it like 20 times. You know, I feel the exact same way because I was like, man, I do. I want to go see this again. Like, mm-hmm. and it's not my favorite movie and it's it's messy and it's long and it's not perfect. Like I said, there's there's an entire storyline that takes up time that I don't like, but I gave it a 91. I'm right there with you. Like, I just I just love the movie. Um, yeah, which is weird. And I, Damien Chazelle just said something like last week I saw in an article that. Hollywood should make more movies that divide people. Cause so, like you said, so many people like this movie. So many people hate it. And I can't agree more. Agree that, more. Yeah. Make movies that, and like this flopped big time. It, it's not going to make money back, but who cares? It was, it was awesome. And yeah, make more movies that people are going to hate. Even if it's me, even if I'm the one who hates it, like make it, make it different, make it weird, make it long and convoluted and messy. But make it good. And that's what I felt like this was 91. Yeah, absolutely. This it's, it's getting hammered on Rotten Tomatoes. 55 from the critics, 52 from the audience. So it's rotten according to them, but to me, it's fresh. It's fresh. It's, I think you have, I mean, this sounds kind of pompous, but I think you really have to understand the background and the context and I'm sure a lot of these critics do, right? But I don't know. There's just something that sticks with me. I couldn't look away. Yeah, I agree. And when I went when I went to see it, there were these two. Um, I, I would call them. Um, I call them old. 
I call them old people. Uh, they made it probably half an hour and they were out. They were yeah. gone. They got yeah. up and left. And I was like, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. I didn't think you'd even make it that long. Yeah, we were, um, my mom and I, my mom, she's, my mom's pretty hip. My mom liked this movie. She, I asked her what her score was and she gave it like a low 80, like an 81, 82. Nice. Like, okay. Um, but like we were, I invited my in-laws to go with us too. Ooh, um, and they, yeah, they said, uh, you know, like we got other, we need to go grocery shopping or whatever. And I were was Were you like, happy about that? Yeah. During the movie, I like whispered to my mom. I'm like, I'm kind of glad they didn't come because yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to like tell them how amazing I thought it was. And then they think I'm psycho. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely not for everybody. And I, I respect both viewpoints. So. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's Babylon. Awesome. Babylon. I like that. That was awesome. fun. I enjoyed that more than the whale. Yeah. Yeah. Completely. Completely different. Movies. The movie. Yeah. All right. Um, do you, are you prepared? Did you, did you figure out a movie in the last 40 minutes to, uh, for us to watch next week? You know, I did not, not yet. Um, okay. I'll, I'll tweet it out at teacher film talk. Okay. Cough, cough. cough. Um, I'll tweet it out there. Um, I'll text you first, get your approval. Um, and we'll go I, from there. You, I approve immediately. The stamp is, the stamp is primed and ready to go already. I'm trying to get something that both of us haven't seen though, so we can get back into some, some fresh takes, fresh takes. I'm currently flipping through Amazon Prime on my TV right now. Um, nothing's popping out. So I thought I'd have a backup for us, but I, I do not. Okay. Well, we got some time. We got some time. We got time. Um, until next time, is there anything else you'd like to add to the people? I got nothing else. Go see Babylon. Go see a movie that maybe challenges you a little bit that you're like, yeah. hey, I don't like some of this, but hey, it's all right. It's okay. I can I can see a few things. I I can see an elephant take a huge dump on a guy and just be okay with it. I'm all right with that. <laughs> and maybe you think the movie is a huge elephant turd, and that's okay. Yes, that's okay. <laughs> all right, TTF Nation, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, do your homework, stay tuned, get ready for the pop quiz that is the movie for next time, watch it, and peace out. Peace out.